This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by M&M's. The chocolate candy with the, the crunchy exterior uh, that is now even more inclusive and cool and dynamic and progressive uh, thanks to some changes that have, have been made, not to the recipe, but sort of to the cultural recipe. Anyway, it's M&M's. Talk about Bruno. And I'm Tito Puente. <laughs> and this is Ear Buddies. You gotta love it, Matt, when we do a real a real culture app. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> when we really flex that muscle of ours. Of being able to examine uh, worlds outside uh, the 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 typical white male sphere. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I I can tell how proud of ourselves we are. Um, just hearing you say that, Tim, and and I. I mean, I'm right there with you. It's exciting, and uh, we're really yeah. we're doing the world a service. Um, Glad to be We're here. We're certainly doing ourselves a service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking today, of course, about Latin music and uh, a cultural moment that it seems to be having here in the good old U.S. of A., in the Stars and Stripes. Uh, Matt. Hey, Tim. We are... Uh, we're going to look specifically at the... Uh, the moment it's having, thanks in large part to the mouse and Disney's Encanto. The mouse. The mouse strikes again. The mouse, the the white-gloved hand of the mouse really, it, it reroutes rivers, it moves mountains, it... It entirely, I mean, mm-hmm. we do, we go where it points, Tim, you and I. Yes. Right. The market reacts to the invisible white-gloved hand <laughs> of the mouse. <laughs> and react we shall. Encanto, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a, an animated Disney film featuring music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. We'll talk more about him soon. But it's a... I mean, listen, man. We Don't Talk About Bruno has surpassed Let It Go as the highest charting Disney animated song in 26 years. What's going on here? Bro. Bro. Let me just say, bro. Um, Yeah. That is... That's insane. I saw that news yesterday. And, uh blew the top off of my skull i was just astonished i mean not that it's not that i'm mad right like no 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 that's great but wow i mean wow 
Let it go. I mean, that was a that was a big one, <laughs> but this is bigger. Uh, and so, we are uh, duty bound to talk about Encanto, and you and I were bound to talk about Latin music at some point anyway. So here we go. Yeah, I mean, of course, Tim. Let's let's not present ourselves as fools here. Of course, at any point. In the last 42 episodes. Uh, Something like that. 43, maybe? Maybe 43. Um, at any point, we could have discussed Latin music because it has mm. been around. And it, you know, it's not like it hasn't been sort of having a moment for a second. But um, this yeah. is a, this Encanto, I gotta say, it's a real bump for. Uh, mm-hmm. Latin music awareness and appreciation in the good old stars and stripes. Um, and so, you know, we the, the iron is hot and ear buddies, yep. heck, we're going to strike. Okay, so we'll get around to kind of this uh, this moment that we're in right now. But Matt, you are uh, you are nothing if not a scholar of all things tunes, all things music. Yeah, I'm so. Can you tell I'm us nothing if I mean, not that? <laughs> Absolutely true. How in the world uh, did we get to the point we're at right now? Great question, Tim. Um, so you know, uh, let me say too. I know that you um, had said in your New Year's resolution that you uh, wanted mm. to be. I think you said the the king of context, the context king. I did say that. Um, yes. So I, I apologize if I'm stepping on your toes by by you know going off here, but someone <laughs> you know I just I I know a lot about this. I love this stuff. Well, so just give me a chance, man. Yeah, and I'll just pretend that I knew knew everything that you're saying before you said it. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, go ahead. Look, so yeah, context as always <laughs> is very important, yeah. um, and it would be foolish even in 45 to 47 minutes, to jump in and pretend like Encanto is just this thing that happened out of nowhere, and wow, no one knew about Latin music before. Because, you know, all of us, for the most part, uh, Latin music for us has been part of the fabric of the good old USA um, for Mm. decades, right? Um, And so just to give a little bit of history here, Latin music, Latin music uh, came to the states, of course, with Latin immigrants, and um, specifically talking about mm-hmm. places like, you know, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Colombia, like Latin America, South America. Um, yeah, and as well as actually, I'll, I'll say this too: a lot of the influences were also like Cuban and Jamaican, and therefore somewhat mm. African. So there's it, it already when it came over, it, it was very um, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of cross pollination already. But mm-hmm. in uh, let's say <laughs> let's say the twenties, thirties, forties, that's when. It, people started. Hey, to, bud, why don't we say that? Let's let's just say. Yeah. That in the, let's just say that that around that time, um, 
there, you know, people were starting to realize um, that Latin music existed and was different than what they'd heard before. People were seeing these uh-huh. things, Tim. Um, I don't know if you've heard. They're bongos and maracas <laughs> and <laughs> and things such as the those. Bi- the giant drums, sh- the shaky devices, yeah, etc. For you and yes. me now, for, it's it's uh, old hat. It's commonplace. But at the time, you can imagine <laughs> the shockwaves it sent through, um, you know, the Johnny Carson show audience. So. <laughs> There were there was a lot. I mean, of- listen. I remember being I remember being a fifth grader uh, in percussion, and getting back into the percussion section and seeing those big old drums and saying, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> this rocks." <laughs> That's probably how they felt. It does rock, yeah. And I think they did feel like that more or less because, you know, at this time there were, uh, I mean, people like, for example. Uh, Desi Arnaz, Ricky Ricardo on on uh, I Love Lucy, right? He was, I mean, oh yeah, he was a, a band leader in real life, and he really did play those bongos. And man, he played them real good too. And he played the hell out of them. Yeah, he did. And people would tune in, and they start, you know, they started kind of getting more familiarized with this um and then you know around that time as well mm-hmm. uh tim are you familiar with the the genre well the subgenre uh latin boogaloo i've heard of it but i i can't tell you much about it sure well you're, you're lucky because i can um so, so Latin Boogaloo—that was a big, uh, a big part of kind of bringing that that Latin sound and those Latin instruments and the the chords and the uh, bass lines and the flavor, if you will, into the uh-huh. the mainstream of the U.S. Because this was something um, that you know was still sort of standard. Um, Big band stuff, but they did. They had bongos, they had maracas, they had um, trumpets that were being played in a distinctly Latin way, and a lot of the singers were singing yeah. uh, in Spanish. Um, for example, mm-hmm. Tim, here's um, here's a good one. You know that that hit song, "I Like It Like That." Oh yeah, sure, man. No, no, not that one. Not the one we all know. The original one that was sampled for that one uh, by Pete Rodriguez. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That was a guy. You got me. (laughs) Pete was a, a big... A big Latin boogaloo guy. He was a Puerto Rican mm. born in New York, which I just mentioned because we're going to be talking about another Puerto Rican born in New York before too long. Um, but, but, not to spend too much time on Pete. Basically, that's how things went. People started loving it. People started dancing to it, right? Um, I mean, because this stuff, man, it's, you can really dance to it, you know? Yeah, I mean that's it. It 
It's the best. I mean, again, just to just to offer the the whitest of white frames to this. <laughs> um, I mentioned already fifth grade percussion, but man, playing the drum set, we've established that I was a drummer. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing at all better than having some killer samba tune or some bossa nova beat uh, handed out to you in jazz band. Uh, because, man, that is that is deeply groovy stuff. Yeah. And that, I mean, we'll get into this as well, but that, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's it, you know. That's the sauce right there, um, and that so yeah, that maybe. that groove and that feel that uh, was captivating enough to really well. We'll skip forward a few decades. You know, we have the '80s come along, and we've got people like uh, mm-hmm. Gloria Estefan, right? And then '90s, we got people like well, uh, Selena, not Gomez, uh, the original one, right? Um, yes, Ricky Martin, right? Of course, oh, yeah. And then, and then it really, like, it really took off. It exploded uh, in the '90s, and then even after that, right? We've got people like um, Shakira. We've got people like J Lo. We've got people like um, Enrique Iglesias, son of Julio yes. Iglesias. Um, mm-hmm. And and those were all those were song artists that had songs on the charts, um, right? And it it really it had a it maintained a real a hold to the point where like the Grammys and the American Music Awards then you know they started a category that was for Latin music, um, hmm. you know definitely too late but I you know you, you can't it got too big to ignore and yeah. and, and then you know can I can I just add that I don't I think. When I think about J-Lo's big hits or Enrique Iglesias or Shakira, in some ways they felt uh, sort of novel on the American charts, but also they didn't. Like, they be- that music belongs on American airwaves. It's not like some fantastic voyage to another world, in my opinion. It feels like it uh, is a part of the American pop music fabric. That, that's just my read of it. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. So be wise and keep on reading the signs of my body. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I completely agree, as always, as I'm contractually obliged to. Um, <laughs> no, but that, I think that's exactly right, because, you, you know, even going further, like in the, the 2010s, like, we've got, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Pitbull, right? Like and these, oh, these are people who you you may not think of them, and here's the thing: you don't think of them really as like Latin artists because they're so integrated yeah. into the fabric of pop music now that it's just mm-hmm. you know that's that's pop music. So yeah, man. Anyway, that's that's that is me just kind of setting the stage. Um, you know, I didn't mention everyone, of course, but that's that's what got well, us to here. Dude, you set the stage so nicely. What a beautiful stage this is that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> well, please, Tim, if you would, step on. <laughs> step on, grab that microphone, spotlight's on you. What, I mean, what you know, do you have to say about this? You and this? I are merely players. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it is the mouse's way to 
take us into other worlds. That's what he's been doing, <laughs> well, heck, since Steamboat Willie. <laughs> That's right, Tim. That's exactly right. You got to feel, what was it like to be a mermaid with the little mermaid? You could find out in that film. What's it like to be a lion in The Lion King? They will, they will let you know. This is what Disney, this is what Mickey does. Mm-hmm. He transports. <laughs> and so, as time goes on, he transports us to more and more places, which means we got to keep finding new places to go. And you know one place we have not been until now, buddy? Uh, that's Colombia. That's Colombia. That's right. We- Encanto, this film, is doing a really good job of creating authentic Colombian music, borrowing from the culture in in a way that is incredibly respectful and informative and, uh, well, heck, man, real catchy. I guess I'm going to use the word representation sincerely. If I, if you'll sure. allow it, um, yeah, because I, I completely agree. I think that it is, um, in its, it is very respectful and aware in its yeah. authenticity. Like that clearly comes through, and and you know the yep. mouse man, uh, it hits and hits and misses. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but like this one, ah, uh, great job. It's like. You know, for a, uh, a good, um, you know, for prior example is like, you re- remember when um, Coco came out? Oh, yeah, dude. Coco was great. Coco was great. And that's an interesting, that's, I mean, it's not really for this discussion because here's another thing, folks. Uh, Mexican music is not the same thing, mm-hmm. right? That's That's not Latin music in the sense that we're talking about. Like, we're not talking about mariachi and, like, banda music. This is a different thing. Sure. But Coco, that yep. music was very authentic and very true to yep. what that kind of music sounds like. Like, it was that. And now we're here with Encanto. Yeah. And, hey, I mean, two for two. Matt, at this point, we have to ask, how does a bastard orphan, I'm just, I can't do it anymore, <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, bud, I have to say it now. Go ahead. He crushed it. How does a bastard orphan son of a- He did a really good job. Lin-Manuel Miranda is the composer of the of the songs here uh now Encanto has a uh, a soundtrack composer as well which is uh, different from what you know Lin's Lin's writing the tunes the the ones that ever that the cast is singing right, right. that's a that is a big job um and it's high pressure and he nailed it and so, Matt, I don't know. Is now the right time for? Can I can I sidebar before we get to Encanto and just 
yeah, go on the record here? I feel like you're going to have to, or you're going to be distracted the whole time. So, yeah, please. Okay. All right. Listen. Listen, everybody. For all of you terminally online, smarty pants, ironic, post-ironic Twitter surfers who are... who. Who have come for Lin-Manuel. Shame on you. Stop it. Stop it. He... Okay. Matt. Hey. I get it. I do. I get it. I've seen the picture where he bites his lip. My name is Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. I know. I, I, I get... I get it. He's overly earnest. He did that whole good morning, good night thing for too long, and then he monetized it. I get it. He... Yeah... <laughs> I see the I see the problems, but warts and all, you have to admit that the Hamilton original Broadway cast recording is an all timer and is is really musically interesting and yeah groundbreaking and just utterly listenable. And in terms of the culture. I think you have to look at all of Lin-Manuel Miranda's output and deem him a net positive. This guy is doing a lot for music right now. And even if you think he's kind of cringe, let's let's cut him a little slack. He's doing he's doing a lot. <laughs> so I just want to I just want to defend him from the slings and arrows just a little bit and say, "Lin Get your get your money. Go get that mouse Tim, money. I get it. He has earned it. He's earned it. I will I will back you up here because I don't know. He's not the greatest follow on Twitter, <laughs> no. and uh, and he can be annoying. I mean, I've been annoyed, but like. Yeah, yeah. When when you're talking about heck, man, when you're talking about the tunes, mm. and we are, and we are, Lynn LMM, he's a guy who simply delivers, and I I don't. That's not any sort of uh, judgment on his character or his sure. politics sure. or his selfies or sure. his you know anything, but he's good at what he does in a way that's pretty. Um, Unique, yes. And so we must stand with him, at least for now. We stand with him, and he's he's out there. He's waiting for that egot man. And maybe this is the time. Maybe he's finally going to get that Oscar with Encanto. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. So Lynn composes eight tunes, um, and Matt, you have seen the the film, correct? I have right. seen the film, yes. What did you think about the original songs in Encanto? Well, Tim, uh, I'm of two minds. Um, yeah. What I just I will just quickly highlight this and then move um, responsibly on. I do sure. miss I miss the days when Alan Menken and Tim Rice were writing songs mm. together for all of the Mouse's big projects because. Sure. Those, my friend, are Hall of Fame tunes. Like, those are tunes. Well, yes. A whole new world, a new fantastic world. 
realistic point of view. That being said, um, I really enjoyed all of it. I think that mm-hmm. the, I mean, the big thing f- for me, I suppose when I'm listening to a very uh, an unapologetically Latin and in this case Colombian um, yeah. soundtrack, I. I'm sort of judging it in a different way than I would maybe, you know, the top ten on on the radio, right? Um, sure. And I think one ought to. But right. But I was listening, and I mean, as you know, Tim, and as I'm sure the army knows, I am nothing if not a scholar. So I, <laughs> I was recognizing so many rhythms and instruments yeah. and and uh, even like melodic turns of phrase and things like that uh-huh. um, and I thought you know it, it was a very good um, marriage of what one must do when under the mouse's thumb which is write sort of a, a, some soaring um, modulations and, and big yes. sort of Broadway-esque Parts of, you mu- of right. your song. There must be a an I want song, right? Yes, exactly. So, but I thought it was a great marriage between that and like straight up Colombian music. Yes. Totally with you. You worry a little bit when you ha- when you get a when you get someone who is not of the culture writing mm. that culture's music. Lin Manuel Miranda, as you mentioned earlier, is a New York-born uh, dude of Puerto Rican descent. So Puerto Rico is not Colombia, and the music of Puerto Rico is not the music of Colombia, mm. even though. They both will fit under this Latin umbrella. And so um, purists and folks who are interested in solid representation could rightly be like, eh, how's this going to go? Uh, are we just going to get, you know, corny rap or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. is Lin-Manuel just going to do his thing? But to the relief, I'm sure, of most of those folks... Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda did his homework and what is really cool is pretty much every individual song in Encanto um, draws from a particular Latin music and, and almost in every case Colombian musical genre so for instance, the uh, the opener, the family madrigal, um, opens with this accordion, Drawer. and I bet you know a lot of folks may not associate the accordion with Latin music because in many genres of Latin music, it, it's not a, a prominent instrument. But in this particular one, which is vianato music. It's it's usually like kind of the key uh, sonic driver, and so you could get sucked down this rabbit hole of vianato music, 
and you'd hear all sorts of accordion music and it's this lively up-tempo rhythmic stuff and it is so cool the home of the family madriga we're on our way where all the people are fantastical and magical i'm part of the family madriga and that's just one one of these songs like surface pressure uh digs deep into reggaeton music mm. yes under the surface i feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus i love that song what else can i do lin-manuel specifically said he wanted to write a 90s rock like selena uh pop song And so he is he is being specific and deliberate in trying to draw on actual Colombian music and culture and he's doing a really good job of it and I think this soundtrack just kills. Yeah, I think that's um he clearly is just I don't know how else to say it, Tim. He's a real musician, you know, like <laughs> Well, look, you think about it, and I mean, I, yeah. I, I fully understand because you can't just grab anybody from anywhere to mm-hmm. to uh, respect and appreciate um, the, you know, the genre or the culture that, um, that the homework assignment entails, right? But yes. look, yeah. man, Phil Collins, he didn't grow up in the jungle. He's not an ape man, right? Like, he... Was born, he was born somewhere in England <laughs> and grew up in a house with regular standing up people and could not speak. No one trashed his camp. No, yeah. and he, he couldn't even speak the language of these great apes. And, <laughs> and yet, I mean, that's one of the best Disney soundtracks of all time, in my opinion. Like, he, he did, he put in the work. He understood the culture of the, that tribe of apes and Tarzan, the ape man himself, and he and, understood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the assignment. I mean, he frankly. understood the assignment. And it sounds like, and I mean, okay, that's a, just a fun joke, but like, when you're li- listening to Tarzan, or, you know, The Lion King, mm-hmm. Elton John, like, the yeah. the elements, the sonic elements in those movies um, yeah. make it make sense, right? It sounds, yes. it sounds yes. f- uh, lived in, it sounds authentic, and which is why, you know, the, uh, the Vianato elements and the uh, reggaeton elements and uh, even like some, you know, cumbia and some dance hall stuff, that's all, yes. that all makes sense. And so your ears don't get weird when you hear that accordion, for example, yeah. right? Like that, it's like, uh, oh yeah, this absolutely. is... This is how it goes. This is this feels real. Mm-hmm. And once again, the mouse transports us to a place of his choosing, <laughs> which in this case is the magical realism of Encanto, perhaps in Colombia itself. Bingo, bango, man. You nailed it. Uh, and, and so we must, I'm afraid, talk about We Don't Talk About Bruno, uh, which again... <laughs> 
has climbed the charts in a way that even Let It Go did not do. Um, and this song is... I mean, okay, it's so catchy, right? And the reason for that, basically, is it's an authentic salsa song. The way this piano leads and the way that this particular bass line and this chord progression is so... It's practically a stereotype of salsa music. It's... Mm-hmm. It is like, it's the archetypical salsa sound. And it's so much fun to listen to. And so I'm not surprised that it is climbing the charts in the in this way because it's utterly listenable. And of course, um, it, it has the theatrical elements that, that you would need in a, uh, well, a, a song under the mouse's thumb. And so it... It does everything it needs to do, and it is—it's um, just great. I just love it. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. Tim, if I can uh, add to that, and you know, pull out a couple chicken bones to pick on, just cre- uh, briefly. Yeah. Uh, sure, it's phenomenal. And especially mm-hmm. as just an authentic, like, it is it is really just, like you said, it's essentially a stereotype. Like, that bass line is almost in I Like It Like That, right? Like, that is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's just a Latin bass line. Like, that's that's what it is. Um, and so to build totally. a so- song around that and to have, I mean, in context, too, with the other songs, um, a, a particular discrete... Um, Subgenre of of Latin music being uh, represented there is amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's the only bone I want to pick. Yeah. It's it's funny to me that this one has gotten so hot, and I only say that because yep. if you listen to the lyrics of "Let It Go" or uh-huh. or um, "Colors of the Wind," which was the last sure. number four song. Uh, that was that was uh, on the charts from the mouse. Mm-hmm. Those are both sort of uh, <laughs> they're they're vague <laughs> enough to just yes. kind of be on the charts. And this one cracks me the- up because <laughs> yes, if you listen to this, I mean, it's a theatrical piece. It's a set piece in the film, and they are saying specific names, and there are different yes. people coming in, and I'm like, how? What are you guys? Buddy, <laughs> totally devoid of context. This song is it, 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 it. What are they talking about? I know it's a this fever is... <laughs> dream. <laughs> exactly. It's right. So it is pretty funny that this is the one. Like surface pressure. That that's that's better at least. Um, <laughs> I let me let me say something. I. Th- <laughs> Listening to Surface Pressure, um, yeah. that one I feel like was supposed to be the one <laughs> that mm-hmm. climbed the charts because that also, you know, let me bring in some just a brief bit of further context here. But that yeah. 
that rhythm, or actually the sort of yes. the, the term is more rhythm. That's what they call it. The is yeah, the, yeah. the kick and snare pattern, right? Um, you know when you hear it. That's boom, cut, boom, cut. Yep, boom, that's exactly boom, it. That's yep. our that's our new theme song for this week, just for this app. But that's reggaeton. That's dance hall. That's like a soca beat. There's many yep. words for it, but that is what has made people like you know. Uh, I don't know, Daddy Yankee and and Bad Bunny. Pitbull. Yeah, pit, yeah, like they are. That's their stock and trade. Literally, that rhythm. Yeah. Right. Yes. And and so I was. That that would have made more sense, but it is funny <laughs> totally. that that we as a as a culture chose the one that you needed to have watched the entire film first to really get into. <laughs> but hey, look, it's it's hooky. You can dance to it. And uh, I mean, you can. That's the thing, man. You can dance to all this stuff. It's way, it's, it's way more hip swinging than just, you know, straight up pop. It's got a groove. It rocks. Pretty much the last thing, the thing I want to leave with here, um, that I think is so great is uh, something that I noticed when I asked Siri to play me We Don't Talk About Bruno because I wanted to hear this song, right? Um, And Siri dutifully played it. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. And if you you try this at home, listener, um, and you just ask for that song, I hope what happened to me happens to you because Matt, I'm going to try to recreate it right now uh, and let you uh, see kind of what what happens. Instead of playing more songs from Encanto, my Siri chose to sort of build a radio station around We Don't Talk About Bruno for me. So it plays the song for me. Next, I get a song called El Riesguito by... Los Sabrosos. Matt, it creates for me a radio station of Latin music instead of show tunes or or whatever. And sucks me down the rabbit hole of Latin music and salsa and reggaeton and cumbia. And it's it it is so cool that that is what the the algorithm is feeding me instead of um, you know just uh, a bunch of show tunes. Tim, see, this is why this is why, in a material way, things like this are great because, well, we all remember our our episode about African music. When you listen to a song like, uh, well. Um, WizKids' essence, right? You don't need no other body You don't need no other body the, the ideal ending of that is that you get really into Afrobeat, right? Like, that's, yes, a, that's right. a door... Well, Tim, that's a door to open. And that's an Encanto reference. Um, but it, it really is cool it's amazing that um just by being into this particular song from this particular hit movie you can sort of develop a relationship with 
the actual music and not simply yeah. just listen to the eight songs and then move on to the next thing. Because if you like things that sound like we don't talk about Bruno, um, mm-hmm. well, you're going to like salsa music and you're you're going to like Latin music. So I, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm uh, not to bring too many global corporations in, but I'm proud of... <laughs> Of Apple Music for for <laughs> setting things up like that for us because that's that's ideal. I love that. Listen, between Mr. iPhone and the mouse, uh, it does feel like our trillionaire overlords are well, they're doing right by us at every turn. <laughs> Man, we are just we are just bought and paid for here at your buddies. <laughs> we love we love those guys. Thanks, guys. Ear buddies. Brought to you by Apple, Microsoft, and, you guessed it, Disney Plus. We'll be right back. We don't talk about Bruno. They say he saw the future. One day he disappeared. Oh, and that's why Mom Julieta hears her deal. Whoa, the truth is she can heal you with a meal. Whoa, recipes are remedies for real. If you're impressed, imagine how I feel, Mom. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by M&M's. Matt. Hey. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes we got to change, you know? Sometimes you have to look at the landscape you have to look at the world around you and say do i f- am i do i fit in <laughs> or do i or does something need to change and doggone it m&m's m&m's figured that out uh and and that is why our beloved mascots i'm talking the red <laughs> m&m the yellow m&m the green m&m the orange M&M, the brown M&M, the blue M&M, and so on and so forth. You're getting a little makeover, Matt. Tim, that is so... Well, it's long overdue, isn't it, first of all? But uh, <laughs> it is so great that the Mars Corporation... Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, that the Mars Corporation looked around, saw the world as it was, and thought, what can we do? What can we do to help? And and they came up with an idea that is so so simple, yet so brilliant in its simplicity, which is simply this. Let's make the M&Ms different. And not, not the M&Ms themselves, not the food, not the candy, not the chocolate. No, no. That you eat, but simply the their sort of avatars, their their the six friends or, or mm-hmm. comrades of some kind who we've mm-hmm. seen on our on our television screens and you know the Mars dot com um, <laughs> for its <laughs> ages. Well, they're they're yes. different now, and they're and they're better, aren't they, Tim? Matt, obviously they're much better. M and M's is on a mission. 
to create a world where everyone feels they belong. I mean, they've they've just announced this, so we're, we'll see how it plays out. But I can't I can't see it going um, <laughs> in any direction, but straight to the top <laughs> of the United Nations and the. <laughs> Democrat-controlled White House. It's so exciting because, look, let me let me. Here's here are some details. The, yes, please. So that they've they've changed them because <laughs> there were these six M and M's, yeah. and they all had had their own personalities, I guess. Um, Inner lives, so, right? Right. Shallow as they came across to us, whatever. Uh, yeah. But now you had, the red, you had the grumpy one, you had right. the kind of the stupid one, you had the really hot one, <laughs> right? Yeah. The really hot green one, the brown one who was like sort of the captain of the team, I think. Yeah, um, doctor, the little maybe, orange right. one who was always stressed out about something or other. Uh, sure, but but that was not Tim. That wasn't gonna cut it, not in twenty twenty two. Not in, not no, not in Joseph Robinette Biden's America. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Something had to change, and and so things are changing. And you guys, buckle up, okay? <laughs> buckle up. I'm because in. this is going to be a cultural shift, the likes of which we have not seen <laughs> since the New Deal. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, this is the M- the green M&M. You know, I'll speak in hushed tones here, but you guys know that green M&M? She's a lady. Oh, do I you ever know? know that? Yeah. You know the one. We've, we all have posters of her on our wall. We all have... Boys will be boys. Pictures of her... <laughs> pictures in our hidden photo albums. It's the green M&M, and she was so hot, because even b- being around... <laughs> green shape she had these tall high-heeled white go-go boots that just uh-huh. mm, you know what i mean tim you know what i mean Look, Matt, of course i know what you mean i'm not going Whew. to articulate it quite the way you no, are please right don't no but but <laughs> but but that in mars in in the mars candy company's view that uh-huh made her a little bit too hmm. uh yeah how do you say you know, right how do you say <laughs> how do you say como se dice so now now she has now she's a sneakerhead now she's got a brand oh, new no pair of, of white sneaks and um i think that ought to throw a an ice bucket challenge on all my dudes' heads, right? Because no, 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 this is not the same lady of the night Eminem we've been seeing all these years that we grew up with and developed our identities and sexualities around. No, this is just a cool, like, just like a sneakerhead, just like a mall rat of some kind, and that's good. That's much better than what she was before. <laughs> that's yeah, it's certainly preferable uh, as a parent. I can say mm. I'm I'm relieved that my son um, will not have the smut of uh, <laughs> imagery of a green M&M wearing go-go boots 
uh, thrust before him anymore. It's too much. Oh, well, and now, and now, some more great news is that <laughs> she, Green M&M, and the Brown M&M are now buddies. Uh Okay. Because of because of how women, Tim, I don't know if you've heard this, but now women support women, right? Which is great. Um, so that is, rather that than is really good, yeah. <laughs> rather than getting in these tiffs that apparently they've gotten in, I guess I haven't been paying the closest attention, but they've had some s- sort of an antagonistic relationship at times, um, uh-huh. and and so, but now like they're hanging out, they're getting mimosas, they're doing brunch, they're painting each other's nails. <laughs> Things are good now between these two. Women support women. That's that is a relief. I'm. More than anything, I'm hoping that that dopey yellow M&M um, gets, his, gets his life together. Like, that buddy has been, well, he's just been hanging out with the red M&M, who has been, well, belittling, I would say, um, mm-hmm. sort of disrespectful generally to him. The yellow's out there. He's trying to jockey for a little better position. But red's not budging. I guess I hope that this means that yellow, I don't know, goes to community college or something, makes something of himself, sort of, you know, stands up on his own two feet, his own two little M&M feet. Yeah, Uh, I I agree, Tim. You don't need the red M&M anymore, bud. You can be your own M&M. So I'm hoping hoping that this change gives this guy a little bit of agency. I really hope so because now, uh, also with with the red M and M, as you mentioned, he he has been, uh, I guess, the closest thing to a villain the Mars universe has, and so now, <laughs> now he's he's just being nicer. I think so. He's kind of just like gone to therapy, figured out his problems, and now he's a nicer sure. guy. But Tim, before we before we end this incredibly detailed and extensive ad copy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'd like to just mention the most, well, in my view, the most important mm. change uh, for the most important M&M. And that M&M, of course, as I'm sure the listeners have guessed, is the <laughs> orange M&M. Yeah. Now, the orange M&M, he's always had a bit of an anxious personality. He's sure on some type of medication or ought to be. <laughs> Um, and now, yeah, now here's the thing, his, uh-huh. his shoelaces yeah. going forward will now, uh, be tied to represent his, his cautious and anxious nature. And what the, the Mars Corporation says about that is that the orange M&M is one of the most relatable characters with Gen Z. Sorry, let me go back, and I will, I'm going to quote, quote, one of the most uh-huh. relatable characters with Gen Z, which is, uh-huh. again, quote, the most anxious generation period, end quote. So, I hope, uh-huh. I hope that helps you little idiots out there in the world, Gen Z, you finally have the hero you've been begging for. This is your champion. The orange <laughs> M&M, his shoes are tied, and he's embracing himself. He's still anxious. And he's taking but he, his medicine every morning. Yeah. And he's ta- at the same time, every morning, 
he's he's moving forward. He's making something of himself. And if that is yes. not enough for you, for Generation Z, I mean, then why what? don't you? Yeah, go get some Skittles or something. Then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just. I think that might also be Morris, but yeah, <laughs> get some different, get some Wonka candies. That might also be Morris, but no, the point is, the point is that he is here. Your Messiah has come. Yeah. He has tied his freaking shoes and he is ready to represent <laughs> all of you. Okay. So from now on, Tim, you know what? What? I buy a bag of M&M's, I'm dumping out every one, and I'm keeping the orange, mm-hmm. and I'm going to eat those orange ones, and I'm going to feel a little more comfortable, a little a little less cautious, a little more willing to see where the twists and turns of the road of life take me. Yeah, That's it feels what like this you got is about. Both hands on the wheel now, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's <laughs> exciting, Tim. It's exciting. It's a new generation for Mars and the M&Ms who you've come to know and love but we're all a little problematic I guess in their own ways not anymore it's M&Ms the candy that uh represents all of us M&Ms <laughs> Welcome back to Ear Buddies uh, and Pal. Since we're here, and since we're since we're talking about uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, and since I've come to his defense mm-hmm. in a full throated way, uh, I thought that we could do a a little song exploder this time around. What do you think? Oh wow, Tim! What a thrill! We haven't done one of these since we invented it. All right. You know how uh, a lot of artists, usually uh, usually hip-hop artists or producers, have what's called a calling card in their music? I do, yes. Uh, and this would be, for example, uh, every time Pitbull goes... And so uh, this, is, this is common... But I don't think anyone to this point has identified Lin-Manuel Miranda's calling card. Oh, boy. Until now. Tim, I... Matt, I found it. <laughs> I, fished it I fished it out of his, uh, of his work. And I'm wow. prepared to present it to you and the public now. Okay. They should call this Brain Exploder because I'm ready. I'm going to play you some songs, and I just want to see if you can pick it out yourself, Matt. Catching anything yet? Um, no. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to give you another. I approached Madison and said, I know you hate him, but let's hear what he has to say. Well, I arranged the meeting. I arranged the menu, the venue, the seating. But no one else was in the room where it happened. Catching it yet? Is it that little... 
Yes, Matt, it's the word but with an exclamation mark on it on the and of four of of the of the beat in a oh. four four track. Tim, that's fantastic. I've got one more for you. Oh man. Virginian veteran whose men are all lining up to put me up on a pedestal, writing letters to relatives, embellishing my elegance and eloquence. But the elephant. <laughs> That's it, man. I just want you to know that Lin Manuel, at least four times, has had his singers say, but in at the very last moment of a phrase. Um, he did it in back to back songs. On the Encanto soundtrack, Matt. Back to back. But I don't know if that's I don't know if that's lazy or if it's a calling card. I I am of the mind that this is just kind of a this is kind of a Lynn thing. This is a, a wink from our guy. Hamilton. I'm sorry, Burr, I gotta go. But decisions are happening over dinner. I mean, and you have to admit, it's a useful way to uh, transition from section to section, is it not? Oh man, that's really good. That's an excellent catch, excellent explosion. And yeah, my thought is, I might as well go to bat for Lynn one more time here. Sure. He's a strong enough lyricist that he knows that he's doing that. That doesn't feel like a crutch. It feels like a transition that absolutely works, and uh, he might and as well and, trademark. And they always sing it in kind of the on an up voice, you know. But it's always <laughs> it's always kind of a button, a stinger. Um, so I think he's coaching his singers to to say the word "but" my way. He says, "Do it, do it the Lin Manuel way." Right, hear it in my voice because now I do. <laughs> right. Okay, so there you go. Keep your ears open for more uh, exclaimed butts in Lynn Manuel's uh, future work. And Lynn, we're uh, on to you, buddy. We found that's it. That's great. I'm going to go listen to the uh, Moana soundtrack <laughs> and I'm going to see if I can unearth any pearls. <laughs> Let me know what you find. Uh, talk to you later, bud. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs>